Good evening, guys. Welcome to another Thursday night interview with the Celtic FC Appreciation Show. It's episode seven. I'm your host, Gaz, and I'm delighted to say joining us tonight is the Celtic FC women's coach, Fran Alonso. Um, Fran, as I said, thanks for taking time out. I know you've got a busy schedule with the, with the girls kind of th- thing this month, but I really appreciate you coming on, um, especially so late tonight as well. No, bro, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, so... Uh, for anybody that might know know about your background, um, I should actually just start by saying, um, once again, thanks to the sponsors. I'm not actually used to having sponsors yet for the podcast. Club Badge FC, um, we thank them for their support. Uh, yet again, a uh, great wee page. Go on and, and give them a like. Um, yeah, so as I say, you've got, I think you've got three levels of youth module. Um, you've coached disabled footballers, two levels coaching in the FA. You've got your UEFA licence being A, I think, NVQ and team leading. Years and years and years of coaching. Um, six years in the Premier League with, you know, you've worked under some top coaches like um, Maurizio Pochettino and Ronald Coleman. Um, so as I say, like, it's, it's an incredibly massive CV. It's an incredible, impressive CV. Um, but you started off coaching women's football with a team, I believe, called Poolborough. For a, a few months, um, while you were on the coaching staff at Southampton, um, and I think that was under I'm not sure if it's Pochettino or Coleman, to get my dates right. But how was that experience for yourself at Poolborough? So, yeah, well, I, um, I was obviously, I was, I started I start as a translator, um, for a Uruguayan player at Southampton, Gaston Ramirez, who was the most expensive sign at the time. Um, and I was, uh, I, I started with Nigel Atkins, uh, an English coach. But then he got sacked and the club I put in Mauricio Pochettino. Then obviously I, I I helped Mauricio and I was learning so much. The the guy is, is brilliant, he's absolutely a brilliant coach. Um, and I thought it's a shame not to be able to put this into practice. And obviously uh, the best way to do that is just to manage yourself. So um I I did I didn't do I wasn't I wasn't very long because it was a lot of distance. Um so I was only a few months there. But I was starting to put in practice what I was uh, learning from Mauricio. Uh, and after that, very, very, uh, very early, I started with Southampton Women, which obviously was local. Uh, and we started to, uh, you know, um, introduce like a much better uh, professional environment, not professional, but a, a high, high environment of performance. And yeah, we, we did very, very, very well. Uh, the, the Southampton women won three leagues in a row. And well, since then, obviously, I uh, always as a volunteer in the women game, always as a volunteer. But yeah, it, um, it was great. It was great to see girls that struggled to field 11 players on a Sunday to suddenly everyone wanted to come, everyone wanted to train more. To, to uh, it, was, it was brilliant. And the impact it made in the lives of, of those players is fantastic. It's one of the best memories I take from from those years, obviously away from the Premier League, which is an experience that uh, is unbelievable. Yeah, as I say, um, your time with Southampton ladies, uh, I think they were bottom of the sixth tier when you took them over. Um, how much pride do you take when when you see where they are now? Do you know what I mean? Especially, I think is it um, under I think Simon Parker took them over. Is that your assistant manager the now kind of thing? Yeah, so um, the, the the club, I still say they struggled to fill eleven players, so Hanton women, and uh, obviously when I started to work with them, just by the fact that I was working with the men team and and you know many of the girls support so Hanton, they were delighted, so they start to 
turn up to every single training session, not missing anything. So the first year we avoid relegation. They were, I, when I joined, we have one point after 11 games. So just based on, you know, struggling to field 11 players uh, in the 60 year of, of women football. Um, yeah, that, that year we avoid relegation. And then the next year we won the league losing one game. And exactly the same the next two years, uh, I, I, um, I left and yeah, uh, Simon stayed there as a manager. Uh, the first year I helped a little bit as technical director. Uh, and then, but yeah, the, the club, the most important thing is the environment that we set up there. You know, it was a very successful environment. And now uh, the club is one of the best teams in TR uh, in the fourth year of, of um, the women game in England. So very, very proud. It was my first league title uh, as a manager with a women team. And uh, it's an experience that I still remember today. Actually, I, you know, I got a, a poster somewhere of, of, the, of the day the girls lift the trophy. It was very, very special. Yeah, I mean, what what I really like about the, you know, I've been kind of looking up throughout your career and what I really like is no matter where you go, no matter what club you're at, you take to do with everything, you know, you're, um, especially going through your kind of social media, um, you know, you retweet everything, you, you try and get people involved. I, I know at some of the clubs you've been at that, I know, as you say, it's a voluntarily um, kind of basis, but what you're doing is basically, you know, you're looking for people to come down and be cameramen at, at training and basically, you know, trying to get girls, recruit girls to come and play women's football. Um, have you had any kind of, trying to think of the word, have you had any kind of um, problems with, with recruiting uh, girls to come and play football in terms of probably in your earlier days kind of thing at Southampton? Uh, I think I think it was uh, easy because of the reason I say I, I was a, a member of the technical staff of the of the men first team also Hanton. So in the city, uh, obviously I, I, everyone was delighted to to try uh, to play for us. Just basically, you know, they thought, okay, maybe this guy uh, has learned something from Pochettino that that uh, I can use to become a better footballer. So the recruitment actually was one of the key. Well, one of the key elements why we succeed so much at the club, uh, top players that could play a higher level, they decide to play for us. And yeah, you know, I joined on my own. Um, and then after a few months, I got nine members of the staff, uh, all volunteers. We, I was volunteer and so, and so everyone else. Um, I got the help as well from, from two players, from Gaston Ramirez and Paolo Casaniga. Uh, Spurs keeper now uh, on loan at Elche, who pay for the training facilities for the girls. To help, so everyone everyone was was helping. Uh, it was it was a unbelievable project, and we really we really make a, a big big difference in, on those girls. I, uh, to today, I still in, in in talk with some of with some of those girls, and you know we became like friends. So it's it's, it's fantastic. Is is for me this is what is football. Uh, that's why I'm a manager. I'm a manager or I'm a coach because I I would love to contribute uh, as much as I can to to society to uh, to the community. Uh, using football as a tool, which is something that make people move because uh, many people are passionate about football. Uh, I am as well. So that's the tool I try to use to try to change life in a positive manner. And when it happens, it's, it's, it's something very, very rewarding and fulfilling. Yeah, I think when you when you look at the rise that, that women's football has taken, especially over the last few years, um, you know, it's it's all credit to the to the girls and everybody behind the scenes that kind of make it happen like you guys and you know the effort you put in the hours you put in kind of thing and even especially for yourself when you you think you know you were doing it to to kind of volunteer in terms of 
when when you were at, when you went to Everton and you were at Southampton, it was just you know you you just your love for football, your passion for football kind of thing, and obviously your success you had it you, as you mentioned in Southampton, you beat you beat Wickham four two to gain promotion to the first division Northern tier. Um, I think did you reach the League Cup final? I think that year as well. Um, I mean, how how proud were you of the girls for for achieving that? Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Our girls that that uh, you know didn't as a group because the club was very successful. So Hampton women uh, in the 17s won four FA Cups in a row. Uh, there is a little bit of debate between uh, two Southampton clubs, uh, but you know one team in Southampton won four four FA Cups. So it was very successful uh, the city in 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 terms of the women game. But obviously that, that group that where I work with they, they never won anything. So. Uh, from from not winning anything and almost losing every game to become a team that was dominant uh, in the city and not only in the city but outside it was fantastic it was fantastic to see girls that lack of confidence how they behave like like but without being professional they didn't get paid or anything like that they actually paid to play football but they behave like professional we were doing our pre-activation our warm-up everything structure everything i was doing everything like i was seeing the, the guys at Southampton do and the girls were they were loving it and it became a it became a very good team uh, very well uh, very well drilled tactically uh, uh, the girls became very knowledgeable um, and and we were very strong as a team so yeah uh, the, the the first year the, the, that year that we won the league we lost the cup final against a higher division team in the final uh, but they the you know uh, the next year was double uh, the league and the cup uh, winning so so yeah it, it was fantastic uh, fantastic for for the girls for the community for the city and you know within the lack of resources it's a club that is still going and and it's a well-run club now and you know we pre practically uh, build it from from scratch yeah and um, i just want to say guys uh, we want you to get involved send any questions or comments you have in to myself or fran um, and we'll get try and get them answered um also if you if you enjoy the show enjoy what we're doing it's only in infant stages and uh, hopefully we're going to build it up for properly for next season get it properly edited and produced we are available to download on spotify other good podcast apps available just search celtic fc appreciation show clips click subscribe and click follow um fran just going back to when you mentioned a couple of players uh, gaston ramirez and paulo gazaniga I, I believe they contributed to the training facilities as well as a as well as the club donating home and away kits um of the men's team for the for the women um how how much of a help was that at the time kind of thing yeah at the time it was not only obviously the, the uh, so hanton uh, helped by donating the the home and away kit uh obviously it's a hell when you when you get a kid uh, when you struggle to to and you have to pay for training facilities for registration etc but it's also the pride the pride that these girls uh, took in wearing that kit uh, the in many cases the club that they support uh you know we are talking about 60 or we are not talking about you know professional football um so yeah it, it was it was a great great support and everyone felt there that they were the best footballer in the world although they were in the sixth year so it was it was very important and without the help of everyone we couldn't have done it um and i can you know i was designing the logo uh running the website i mean i did things that you know um obviously we every all of us we did uh, everything what we could to help uh, and as a group, we we achieved something fantastic. So that's why it's so rewarding. And even today, I think that was uh, 2013. So it's been it's been a while. And even today, I remember it perfectly. 
uh, even if obviously after that I've been in a few in a few clubs and I, I experienced a few a few games of high level. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's uh, I love I love to see that, especially kind of you know when you look at how it it doesn't matter how much you know men get paid. I know there's a big difference in terms of obviously they're trying to kind of get equal pay for the women's game as well but in terms of you know it's just great to see two guys like that helping helping you out and and helping you get to the stage where you're at um in terms of some comments coming in uh keith, keith corcoran from come on hoops page um great to get the gaffer in keep up the good work come on you girls in green um danny McElhaney says he would have been better playing celtic's women team against rangers on sunday would have got a better performance um, Celtic were shocking, yeah, Celtic have been shocking in the men's game and thankfully for Fran and the girls, um, they're kind of keeping their spirits up for this season. Um, in terms of uh, Ronald Coleman offered you a job uh, or offered you a place with Everton, men's side, but I understand um, he had to kind of fight to get you in the door. Um, was, there a, was there a delay in getting you in or did you not want to kind of, were you reluctant in leaving Southampton? So um, I, I, I love Southampton. It's the club that gave me the chance, and I am, you know, I am a very passionate guy, and, and you know, loyalty is one of one of the things that I value. Uh, so I, I, I love the club. Uh, I was happy there, uh, but I also, you know, I, I quite uh, got a great relationship with Ronald Koeman, and I thought for my career he was, uh, you know, key. I mean, I learned so much from him. He's a top top manager, um, knowledgeable, and man on man management is, I think, he's fantastic. So he went to Everton and um, he he mentioned in the bar that if he go, he will take me. But he went to Everton uh, and I was there. I was happy. Uh, we just won the league with the girls. So I was delighted. And, you know, I was already planning the next season with the girls. And then the first offer came um, and I, I was like, oh. I, I, you know, in, a, in, a, in, in one hand, I was looking forward to join him uh, again. But in another hand, I was happy at Southampton. Uh, the ladies team just won. I was very excited. Uh, and then he said, okay, give me, give me a week. And the following week, you know, he, uh, he improved the offer, but mainly he said, look, and I'm going to get you involved at Everton Ladies as well. And then I thought, okay, you know, I, I cannot let him down. He need me there uh, and with him. So, so yeah, I decided to move to, to Everton. And then, you know, obviously, uh, another experience that, that is unbelievable. Um, I love the city. I love the, the, the club. Um, we, we have a very, very successful first year. Uh, everything was fantastic. Uh, I get to work with you know um, with some top top players. Um, I, I also did that. So Hanton, don't get me wrong. I work with Sadio Mane or Virgil Van Dijk. So that's world class players as well. But you know, uh, Theo Walcott, Wayne Rooney, player that I support. Uh, even I follow even before I was in professional football. So that was you know quite quite nice to 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 try to talk to them and, and um, learn from their experiences uh, with the top managers they were like Cyrales Ferguson or Arsene Wenger. So imagine the knowledge that the, the, these players got from from their career. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's like for me, it was like being in the best university in the world. I was like a sponge trying to learn every day and trying to work as hard as I could and trying to help uh, to help the team. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't regret anything I've done in my career in terms of teams, but I got a very good memory of uh, every team I've been. Um, because I've been treated very well, and I, you know, I always go give my my very best to every club I am. So, so yeah, that's pretty much how happened the Everton uh, transfer. <laughs> yeah, because th that's another thing that, that I've noticed, um, especially kind of looking through um, your socials, that you know, the the everybody 
that works with you always has a good word to say for you. They, they absolutely love your philosophy in football and, and what you're doing and the fact that you're giving up so much of your time to kind of help these clubs in. Um, was there a kind of 50-50 split in terms of working with the men's team and working with the women's team at Everton or was it, you know, did you have a preference of you'd rather go to the to the women's side kind of thing? No, I, I mean, at, at Everton, I was a, a, a first-team member of staff. Uh, so that was my my job. That's what I was paid for. My my involvement with Everton ladies was as a volunteer as well. I, I It was just a volunteer role. So obviously, I did a few games with Everton ladies, but I didn't do every game. Um, away games, uh, I don't. I didn't do any any game with Everton ladies because I, I, my my priority was obviously with the men's side, and I was on the bench. Uh, with the team um so so yeah I, I did what i could it was mainly focused on on being every training session because they train in the evening so i always was free in the evening uh, everton men train in the morning so i did all the sessions i could and tried to help and um, i wasn't the manager i was i was uh, just helping as a coach but i just i just love to be involved and try to to you know to share uh, to share the knowledge that i learned from these guys because at the end of the day this is what make all of us uh, better coaches to just you know share and learn from each other yeah i think um i think it was 2017 that you, you took the reins with uh liverpool feds um i don't know if i've got that date right but 2017 i've got is um now obviously in football especially in glasgow it's virtually unheard of that you would take um two teams from the same city and kind of uh, coach them in terms of obviously i don't think it's happened up here but Obviously, in terms of the Liverpool Feds, um, what was what was that? Was that just another women's team? Was it? In, were they in a different division to to Everton ladies? Yeah. So um, that that's uh, it was uh, in the fourth year of women game. Uh, in the fourth year, Liverpool Feds is a is a independent team. It's not linked with Everton or Liverpool. Um, mm -hmm. And but they, they were they were a good footballing team and and already they were a good footballing team so I I saw them and I quite like how they play and then I you know the opportunity came and I wanted to have this managerial experience not only as a coach but I wanted to actually like I miss what happened at Southampton women so I wanted actually to to put my philosophy there not necessarily help with somebody else's philosophy so so yeah we took the team and and. Um, you know, again, it was uh, the first year very successful. We finished second, and the second year we won the, the first trophy in the uh, in the history of the club, which is great because you know it's one of the pictures that when I signed for Celtic is this huge, huge trophy, uh, which is bigger than me that, that is in the picture. So that that was a very special one as well because that group of players they, they play great football, but but they haven't uh, they haven't been lucky enough to to they won in several finals actually, but they never lift a trophy before and and we did it together so again another uh, great experience of course as a volunteer uh, of course you know uh, putting my time and trying to do uh, as much as i could in terms of the website and social media things that is hobbies of mine uh, but yeah like 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 i similar to what i did at Southampton, you know try like try to do as much as i can uh, to to help and and you know obviously with with the passion and and the enthusiasm that give you see players uh, you know being successful and, and working hard for a reward so it was fantastic as well great great uh, great experience for me and, and i think for, for everyone involved in the club yeah i mean uh, you kind of stole my thunder there i was just going to say about the trophy i've seen the photo and um, i don't know if it's bigger than the european cup it certainly looks heavier than the european cup um 
it's, it's an incredible, incredible um, emotions when you see those photos um, online and, and you see how happy you are. I don't, I don't know if I actually thought you were drinking something out of the cup, to be honest. I think you're just kissing it. Um, but again, that was, you know, I think, I don't know if you said it, but that was against your local rivals, um, Mosley Hill. And, you know, I mean, the celebrations must have went on at long into the night. Yeah, I mean, you know, these, these are these are the the games that we are that you always dream about. Uh, I I've been lucky enough to experience two Glasgow derbies uh, since I signed for Celtic, and I'm so thankful. We both both times we we won one nil, and you know the 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 happiness uh, when you score and in the final whistle is just indescribable. Uh, and I'm just kind of new here. I've been 14 months, but with two lockdowns. So, uh, but you know, it, it's just it's just you. The, the, the passion of, of, of the people and you know that that final that you mentioned it was the same it was two local rivals uh, obviously at, at the fourth year but big rivalry between both clubs um normally it was the other way around so so the opponents were the more successful team in the previous years and we managed to to, to beat them in the final and it was uh yeah fantastic fantastic experience um but yeah i kind of like uh, love i would say i would love the the derby derby days um I struggled to sleep the night before, many times the night after. But uh, I, I, I'm lucky enough to, to you know, um, to have experienced good results in, in those games, and that's uh, is, is a very, very uh, amazing um, experience that I want to repeat um, as much as I yeah. can. I think um, you, you mentioned not being able to sleep the night before. I've, I've been there with you with, with the with the men's team, to be honest, many, many an occasion, um, especially when I was younger, that you couldn't sleep without thinking about the game. And, you know, I'm not even a manager or a coach. I'm just a fan. So God knows um, how you guys struggle to sleep at, at night. But just in terms of talking about cup finals you've been in kind of thing, does, it, does the preparations change in terms of, um, it depends, obviously, at what club you're at. Does the preparations change for yourself, or is it? Are you of the mindset, the same mindset for for most cup finals? Do you have a kind of, do you have um, like superstitions that you do or anything, or, or you know, do you plan everything the same with every club? No, if I am honest, it's always different. Uh, uh, I don't have the same routine. Um, it depends how I see the team. Of course, you not always get it right, but I always try to. Try to spot what the team need more. Um, are, are we lacking confidence? Are we lacking energy? Are we lacking aggression? Uh, what is the most important part? Um, you know, for example, the cup final we were talking. Uh, I contact all the family members of, of the players without the players knowing, uh, and I put a video of 20, 30 seconds of the family members wishing them good luck for the final. Everyone was crying before before the kickoff. I didn't know. Oh no, what I done. <laughs> But actually, it worked. It worked so well. We totally dominate. I think we got like 81 percent possession that game. Uh, we create like 14, 15 chances. We only won one nil, but we we dominate the game. We play up fantastic. So it did work at the end. Although I was concerned. Um, the last game, for example, against Rangers, it was uh, totally different. It was uh, a more aggressive team talk. Obviously, within within you know being nice, but it is aggressive because I knew the game was in how how hard we can fight, how focused we can be, and how much we want it in our home in Celtic Park to, to, to get the points. So it, it's totally different. Every game is different. And as I say, sometimes you get it wrong, but uh, I'm lucky enough that the, the, the last few I remember, uh, you know, derbies, uh, it's, been, it's been wins and, and clean sheets, actually. So, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and and uh, in 2018, you left both Everton and the Feds to, to take charge of University of Liverpool firsts. Um, you won your debut game 4-2. Again, it was a local derby. You seem to have an act for winning derby matches. Um, and that was literally my going to be my question. You know, you have an act of winning derby matches. You obviously won two, two Glasgow derbies. Uh, I think there's one still to come. Um, but what did, what did your job entail at uh, the University of Liverpool first? I was the manager of the first team of the university. I mean, I, while I was at Everton, uh, I, I was approached by the uni, university. Uh, just at the time, it was too much commitment, um, so I couldn't. And then when I got sacked by Everton, when Marco Silva uh, joined Everton, he brought obviously his own people, so I got sacked. Uh, and then I, you know, that, that's the first opportunity I got, and I say, okay, why not? You know, rather than be waiting for another job, I can take this one. And, and you know, and I absolutely love the experience as well. Uh, it was uh, different. Uh, different, you know, really, I was used to something different uh, in terms of professionalism. You know, uni football is is not the same than really than Premier League, um, but it was it was a very good experience. Again, uh, guys that that they wanted to learn, they wanted to um, to be successful, and I believe the year before they avoid relegation in the last game, and and you know by the time I I left uh, the team because I signed for for Luis in the in the championship, um, you know we were second and with options of of win the league as well. So we did we did fantastic, and this is probably I have to say one of the teams that uh, our impact in terms of coaching was uh, bigger. It's a team, it was very direct, very physical, and became a unbelievable team in possession, playing one two touches with unbelievable quality. I, I was so surprised. I watched those games. I still watching those games because I, I I really like how how the how the lads play. So yeah, I, I, another good experience. Uh, as I say before, you know, so far I don't regret any decision. Uh, uh, every club I've been has given me different experience. Uh, I've learned different different things, and and that made me uh, a more complete professional. And I'm delighted actually, and and I'm very very glad that. Uh, I took the steps I have taken until until my last one, which is obviously Celtic. Yeah, um, you, you obviously, as you say, you mentioned Lewis there, Lewis FC. Um, obviously, it's I was reading up on them kind of thing. In terms of they're an, an, an independent club run by the people for the people. Um, I know they were the first club to treat both the men and the women's team equally in every way. Um, was that was that a big pull for your decision to go there in terms of the way they run the club? It was key. It was key. I I start support Louis before I I I joined them. I was supporting them for for a year or even over a year before, uh, just because it was the, the 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 first club and the only in the world that pay women and men equally. And my sister played football when she was a little girl, and I have to hear so many comments that I shouldn't have here. And I always that's probably one of the reasons why I always wanted to contribute in the women game. Um, you know, and the fact that Louis was brave enough to 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 come out in the wall and 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 uh, these new ideas, I really love. I I felt identified with the club straight away. Uh, and then when I met the directors, I thought, wow, these guys are are are, are great. Um, and then yeah, I, I it was a very easy decision. It was an easy decision in terms of moving from from Liverpool to to Louis. Uh, it's a big change, a big distance. But, but yeah, it, it was again. It was a, a great decision. Uh, love my time there. Love the community. Love the club. And I'm still I'm still a Louis owner. 
uh, right now. So, so yeah, I, I can only say good things about that and, and about my experience there, uh, especially this, especially with the community and 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 with the and with the team and uh, the team um, players and staff and, and and the director. Yeah, I was just going to say. I think I know you you, you moved. Uh, down to Sussex, um, I think that would be some commute to be honest every day, um, especially. <laughs> um, but in, in terms of you won, you you won, you know you won the Chairman's Cup uh, with a three-one win in the final. Um, what was the idea behind the Chairman's Cup? Was that like a rebranded League Cup, or was it a, a local kind of thing that you played in? The Chairman Cup. Yeah, I think that was what it was called. Um, I'm sure it was called the Chairman's Cup. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it, it might be, it might be me before my time. Uh, oh, was that before your time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, at Louis, uh, we won, we won a few games. We played a few great games, so including, you know, a great, uh, almost great result against Chelsea. Uh, uh, we lost to one in the last, in the last, uh, consistent the last ten minutes. But yeah, unfortunately, we didn't win any cup. As <laughs> um, um, I, I, I would say, I would say it's like my researcher, but I'm a researcher, so. Um, as I say, no, no, no brownie points for me. Um, Peter McDonald's got a question. Says, I watch the girls more than the men's team. Better football. Um, the coach is so good. Um, in terms of you, you came up against Southampton. Uh, obviously a strong sentimental attachment, as you say. Um, but how was your emotions that day? Was did you just have your game face on, or you know, did it mean a wee bit more to you because it was the opponents were Southampton? You mean when when I play uh, Lewis against against Southampton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. it was it was a special a special feeling. Uh, we, we actually played very well uh, that game, and uh, I think yeah, was, uh, we won we won the game. But it was, it was uh, yeah a little bit weird feeling. That was the first time I faced uh, Southampton women, um, and yeah, it's it's uh, the pre the preparation is not. It was actually a a, a friendly game before actually the season start. Uh, obviously, we knew they they got so many youth internationals. They are doing things well there. They are they are still low in terms of the pyramid. They are in fourth tier, but they got they got uh, the the very good structure in place to 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 go up uh, in in the divisions. And yeah, no, a, a great memory, of course. Even if it's your your old club, uh, you know, when you are in your new club, you always want to win. And you know, you wish them the best, but not for ninety minutes. It's only after the after the ninety minutes. Yeah, I mean, obviously you left. Um, you left then in January twenty twenty uh, before coming to Celtic. How how did that come about? The the move to Celtic. Uh, I I saw so Celtic play against against Blackburn Rovers a friendly the year before, and that was when Celtic wasn't full time yet. Um, so that's the first time I saw the team play. I I, I saw a few players and I said, oh wow, those those girls are are good. Um, so I already have my eye on some of them, and then. I I um, I've been told that they were going to become professional, and then you know the the, the contact, uh, the interest uh, appear, and then obviously it was uh, once I once I found out that they were interested in me, um, I thought you know uh, Celtic a, a club like that. Um, to be fair, I I start to love uh, watch Celtic we uh, at the at Southampton changing room. Um, we got a great uh, friendly, but a great fight uh, watching the Glasgow derbies because I have in the team uh, Stephen Davis, obviously Rangers Rangers fan, and then we got in the Celtic side Fraser Foster, Victor Wanyama, Virgil Van Dijk, 
uh, Danny Fox, although Danny Fox didn't consider with any of the others, um, Josh Hoyle. So we got like four or five players that were former Celtics. And I remember watching at uh, Sohanton training ground, watching the Glasgow Derby there in the TV with the players. And, you know, obviously everyone took their side. Poor Stephen Davis, lovely, lovely, lovely guy. Uh, but he, you know, he would, he was alone there. <laughs> so I start to, I start to like, to like Celtic um, uh, then. And, you know, obviously when, when I saw they were interested in me, I thought, you know, that's an opportunity that, that uh, doesn't come too often. Uh, and, you know, I, I felt that I have to take it. And yeah, well, uh, today I'm here after 14 months, I think it's been. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's obviously like every decision I made in my career is the right one. And I'm delighted I, I made it. Yeah, I mean, obviously you mentioned uh, a few ex-Celtic players there, especially Big Virgil. I know Virgil takes uh, a lot of interest still in Celtic. I know Jurgen Klopp has, I know he's got him and Andy Robertson, who's other, uh, a massive Celtic fan as well. So, you know, it must be so funny, especially being down in England, watching it kind of thing. I've only ever watched one one derby game down in England. I was down in London and it was... Uh, the five-one game, I think it was um, Brendan Rodgers' first game, and it was in, it was so weird celebrating in a different a different country kind of thing. It felt just kind of wrong. But in terms of we were just talking about Celtic, um, what, what was your what was your um, opinion on kind of Scottish football as a whole? Not just Celtic as a massive club, but Scottish football as a whole. I mean, apart from the obviously the ex Celtic players that you mentioned, did you have any kind of experience of Scottish football beforehand? Yeah, so in the past, obviously because I've been in the women game for, for a while, in the past I've been in contact with a few players playing in the Scottish uh, game, uh, just with possible recruitment, um, just to bring them to England. Finally, it, it never happened uh, with any of those players, but that was why I was, to research a player, you have to watch their games, their full games. So I watched several games. And yeah, I can tell that the level of the Scottish League now and the level of the Scottish League uh, two years ago is nothing to do. I mean, the Scottish League now is the strongest ever been. Uh, the players in the Scottish League are the best players ever been ever to play here. And the competition is the best ever. I mean, you see today the difference between the the first and the third is uh, five points and the first and the second are going to play this weekend. So, you know, it's, it's a very, very tight uh, fight, uh, while, you know, in the past you got for 13 years, uh, only one team winning. So uh, my my opinion on the Scottish League was, uh, a few years ago was a league that uh, with good potential, but uh, in, in, face of, in, in a face of uh, progression, if you want. Um, but now it's, it's a league that is attracting top players. Uh, it's not losing players, which they used to do in the past. In the past, all the best players went to England or to other countries. Now, the best players want to play in Scotland because the league has become much better, because now they are uh, more professional teams. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a totally different scenario. I knew that. I knew that because when I signed for Celtic, I knew Celtic was becoming professional. I knew Rangers were becoming professional. And obviously that on top of the two top teams at the time were Hibs and City. So that gives you four teams that any can win the league. So that that make for me a very exciting exciting project, and and yeah, it's been like that. It's been like that. It's been fantastic uh, experience, and uh, we've been able to recruit. Uh, obviously, in a professional good league, and then you got the Celtic badge to help you recruit, and then that's why we we've been able to recruit top top players. Uh, we got we got very very talented players in the in the team. So I'm delighted. Yeah, um, as I say, as a massive club, and and we're delighted that, that you're part of it. Um, 
Hayley Smith says, what made you join the women's football team? What's your, well, you've already addressed the first part. Um, what's your favourite part about the job? And what do you think is the hardest part about the job? Uh, my favourite part is always when we have been working uh, so hard during the week and, and then the final whistle come and we got the three points, which, thanks God, it has happened uh, every time, but, but, but in three occasions in, in all the on my time at Celtic. So it's quite it's quite uh, good to get this reward at the end of the week. For us, the game doesn't start uh, in the kick in the in the uh, kickoff. The game starts on Monday, and and you know it's a long week. You know it's a hard week. So when we get the three points, that that's the best part. Always the best part to win together as a team to get the reward for our hard job. That's the best part. And the worst part is obviously uh, when you have to communicate uh, a player. Uh, you know that. Um, that you that she needs to move on. Uh, that's that's horrible part of football. As I say before, I am in football because I want to change life in a positive manner. And this is a horrible part of football. It's necessary. We have to do it. I have to do it because that's a job that nobody wants to do. And it's the responsibility of the manager to do it. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's the part I don't enjoy. I I, I actually really, really dislike. Uh, I wish uh, I wish I didn't have to do, but of course you have to. Uh, everything have to, and and it's part of the job. But definitely don't enjoy that. Yeah, I think I think the the analysis part of it. Um, I know that that the the dash JT. Um, I think one of your previous clubs, the dash JT, and I'll uh, analyze a, a game. Um, and I think that the the approach you've done to it, you know, the the amount of detail you gave to it, kind of thing. You can see. That there's a, there's a lot in that kind of football brain of yours kind of thing. Um, so obviously, as you say, it's it's all about getting getting the best. But not long after you joined, I think girls won an international trophy, um, beating Bayer Leverkusen seven 0 What was more impressive was there was six eighteen uh, six under eighteen debutants. Um, was that a pre-season trophy? Um, and had had you came into the club that long before it, the the girls won the trophy? Yeah, so this was in Gra in Gran Canaria. Um, that was that was my first. I mean, uh, I signed for Celtic uh, one day, and then the next day we traveled to Gran Canaria. So mm -hmm. that was it was a tra a training camp there. We played Leverkusen. Uh, we lost three one against Leverkusen, but it was quite impressive because they were in the middle of the season, and we were. That was our first game together in precision. That was our precision. Um, so it was it was a great performance to be honest. And then the next game we play Union Viera, a local team uh, from from the Spanish second third division. Uh, and then uh, yeah, and we we beat them uh, seven nil, and we play we play great football. Um, and that, but I mean the trophy was uh, was a second place trophy. So we don't celebrate as Celtic. We don't celebrate second place trophy. <laughs> so so, but it was quite nice to actually leave a leave a trophy. Obviously the sight of it wasn't the same that the one in the pictures. But um, but yeah, it, it, you know second second uh, places. Uh, the girls weren't really um, delighted to, to win a second place. But we knew it is is the very best we could do because uh, obviously the, the you know Bayer Leverkusen were uh, first division uh, and they were in the middle of the of the season so they were fully fit and it was our first week of preparation so uh, but that, to be fair that trip was key for us we came like a, we went there like a group of people that didn't know each other some of the players know know each other and we came back like a family uh, and that that. That's why, you know, obviously we were so successful and then we played Glasgow City, we beat them. Uh, unfortunately, COVID came and then, you know, 
that didn't count anymore, but it was it was fantastic. I wish COVID never came into our lives, but <laughs> for many reasons, not only for football. But yeah, uh, um, yeah, yeah. As I say, um, I, I think as you say, you mentioned COVID and it's just taken over all of our lives, kind of thing. Rory Callum um, seems to want to get you in the door as Celtic men's manager. Um, <laughs> it says, um, I think you're the man. I think you're the man to get us back on track. Um, I'm pretty sure you're busy with the, the girls um, running kind of thing. Um, and Hannah Walsh says, what's your opinion on male and female teams integrating? I think is 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 necessary. Uh, I mean, I think there are countries like uh, Mexico where every single male club have to have obligatory a uh, professional female club uh, to be able to play. So I think, you know, obviously we are talking about clubs Clubs are uh, football clubs are a key part of the community. Community, in my opinion, uh, so and you know the community is formed by male and female. So I think it's very very important. You see now something unique uh, at Chelsea, where the male and the female section both have made the Champions League final. It's amazing for the for the city, for the community, for for the club. Uh, so yeah, I think it's, it's key. I think uh, the more integrated the the women uh, team are with with the men. The, the better for everyone. Um, this is something that, as, as a society, we have to all do it. I still, you know, find some people that say, "Oh, you, uh, oh, women." Uh, I don't watch women football. They, you know, actually, some people that never watch women football, they will be surprised of, of the tempo, the quality, the, the the aggression. The you know, it's actually great. It's great. It has grown so much, and uh, you know, obviously, physically, they are never going to be as strong as as male football because this is genetics uh, but in terms of quality of technical ability you know is 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 the same uh, i've been in both uh, in both games at the top of both games and you know i find uh, only physical uh, differences so excitement obviously you know there are other circumstances like you know female footballers that are, are average uh, smaller not as tall as male footballers but they have to defend the same the same goal, the same side. So obviously there are going to be more goals. That doesn't mean that the female goalkeepers are worse. No, they are smaller and they defend the same side goal. So there are something that we have to take into consideration. But I think you know it's, it's key that uh, male and female teams are integrated, and it's key that uh, you know if you are a Celtic fan, I think you know you should be so proud of supporting the men and so proud of supporting the women. Uh, it's the same club, and and you know we 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 both love beat, beat rangers so you <laughs> <laughs> can't go wrong when you beat rangers i'll tell you but um in terms of and hannah walsh adds to that question and i don't know how how possible this would be I, I don't see this happening i don't know about yourself but what's your opinion on men and women playing in the same team uh no, I mean, you know, uh, you have some some sports like tennis where there is this uh, doubles mix uh, where they play. Yeah. I think in football, uh, that's that's you know, uh, it could be um, not 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 applicable in my opinion. I think it's good like this, um, you know, men playing against men and women playing against women, but both getting the same you know time of type of resources with time. Of course, it will come with time. It's not going to come anytime soon, but we are all working towards it and it's growing a lot. Uh, but I, I personally don't think uh, you know it would be a disadvantage for 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 the women playing in, uh, together with men because physically they are not gonna be able to to match them. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I, I play sometimes um, five a side or seven a side, and and sometimes I know that we've got a couple of girls that that, that genuinely play football professionally kind of thing. And they join in, and 
as I say, I, I don't see it happening, but it's, it's it's a kind of nice thought, it's a nice idea. Um, let's get on to the, the league campaign. As I say, COVID played a big part um, in terms of the start of your tenure at Celtic, but you, you beat Glasgow City in your first competitive match, and Charles Moat can only be described, as I said before, off air. Um, it was like biblical proportion weather. It was unbelievable. Rain, wind, the lot. Um, I mean, that must have been so encouraging, but to see the girls battle in such conditions and against the best side in the league, potentially the strongest um, side in the league at the time. Yeah, that, that was the first sign I got that this team, it was extremely strong. Uh, we concede a goal. I think we dominate the game. Uh, we hit the, the post and the crossbar. Uh, and then we went to half time. We were so positive. I mean, the weather was horrible, absolutely terrible. Uh, I never been in a in that weather during a football game. Uh, but at, at half time, we were so positive. We knew we were the better team. So we were looking forward. And as soon as we start in, in, in a second ball in a corner, we concede a goal. Uh, and, and the reaction is what I take from the game. Uh, straight away, in two minutes, we score again. Nobody, you know, everyone lifting each other, everyone supporting each other. We score. And then, although they were the favourites and the 13-time champions, the 1-1, nobody in the team, nobody, no staff, no players, no players on the bench, nobody was happy with the 1-1. It wasn't good enough for us, mainly because the, our fans were there, our, the spectators were there. At that time, they were allowed and uh, it was a home game. And, you know, we score, I mean, it was like for a movie, uh, score the, the winning goal in the 92nd minute, uh, the captain scored the goal, who actually had a, a tough week that week. I mean, it was amazing. It was, uh, everyone was absolutely delighted. It was magic. It's a, it was a magic moment. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, the, the following week, uh, we, you know, we have to stop. Uh, and, you know, and then obviously the, the, uh, the league, the, the Dudley game never count. And uh, so, you know, we were all gutted about that. But the memory is still with us. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching it on the TV and just, as I say, Celtic of old, um, whether it's been men's or women's team, they, they fight to the final whistle and, and that's what that's what you seem to see with your team. Um, in terms of this campaign, we're five points off the leaders, Glasgow City, and with 10 wins in the board so far and a busy final few games, um, what's your assessment of the season so far and how it's went? I think uh, it went very well for us. Uh, obviously, when we were undefeated until uh, the first lockdown, then uh, the first game we we were in a very disadvantaged situation. We play again the the champions Glasgow City, but this time we only got four weeks to prepare. But they were fully fully fit. They were training for three and a half months, and they also compete in the Champion League. So they not only train uh, for for two and a half months more than us. They also have a competitive game where nobody was allowed. They got, they got this, uh, obviously, privilege because they were in the Champions League, which is fair enough, but it was it was a very unfair game. We managed to go to halftime nil-nil, but in the second half, we couldn't even, even get there. When we tried to press, we couldn't even get there. We were very unfit because, obviously, we, we, we didn't train for, for more than four weeks. So, uh, obviously, we lost that game uh, to nil, and then, you know, after that, uh, we won every game apart from a draw against Forfar. Uh, so I was delighted, and then lockdown came again. Uh, we we beat the last game. We beat five nil Motherwell. They Glasgow City lost five nil against Rangers, and then we have to play them the following week. So I was looking forward because obviously morally they were a little bit down, and we were very high after a five nil win. And then the league stopped again. So obviously I was I was a little bit gutted. And again the the situation uh, um, when we play them back after the after the lockdown, we have a, a poor game. Uh, we we lost to nil. 
And that's, that's, that's the reason why we are five points behind. Um, we got two defeats against them. And, but I would have to say uh, my time here, I think it's been, it's been amazing. I cannot uh, blame uh, anything. I think I, I am very proud of the players. I think they've done a fantastic work. Uh, since that defeat to Neil, we won all five games, uh, 15 points from 15 possible, including Rangers, Hibs, uh, Spartans. So it's been, it's been very tough and uh, we managed to win every game. Obviously, we got now Mother well on Sunday, and then we will have on Wednesday uh, Glasgow City. But yeah, overall, I think it's a very, very positive uh, season. And you know, I think not only in terms of points that we are we are being very good. Is I I love the the football we are we are playing. Is I think it's very attractive football, attacking football. Uh, and you know, it's it's, it's a games like Sunday against Forfar. I think we we play a, a very very outstanding uh, football. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, looking at your results this season in terms of, I, I, I don't know about yourself, but there seems to be a wee bit of nervousness creeping in, especially at Cape Park at home. Um, I know we've, we've only been beaten twice out, out the whole campaign, um, but we've, we've scored 10 at home, conceding six. In comparison, our waveform has been incredible. Massive wins, including a 10-0 win, I think, against Hearts, 6-2, 5-1, and 4-2 victories. Do you feel there's more of a, more of a kind of thrive to play away from home kind of thing rather than at home even even without fans i suppose uh, i think um you know obviously normally when we have play away uh we are playing in very big uh stadiums like mother will be playing every uh glasgow city we play in a, in a as well in a very very big stadium uh rangers we play in uh, in grass in the training ground um against spartan hips with uh, as well as a very very nice pitch wide and big and i think that suit us good pitch suit us i don't uh, i mean k park is good but it's maybe not as big as the others and when it's hot uh you know they the black stuff that the 3g got maybe um, hold the ball a little bit uh, so doesn't help to play quick quick football and this is something that for us is important to try to play to move the ball quickly uh, and that's probably why our form away from home uh, is is better than than at home uh, but of course you know we only we only lost one game at home, and uh, you know we want we want to keep 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 like that. We want to uh, make this the, the fortress, and and we don't want any team to take point from us in there. Um, so although in a, in a very hot day, we know it's, it's, it's a little bit harder to play there, but um, you know it's, it's, uh, we are the, the the installations, the 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 whole the whole environment uh, is, is fantastic, and you know we feel like at home when we are there. So. Um, yeah, but I agree that the, the away form has been uh, outstanding. Apart from one game, we've been very, very good. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, like at home, you know, as I say, we've only been beaten twice, so it's no really, that's, I can't really call it a criticism. The, the girls are doing so well. And in terms of, we mentioned the, the derby game against Rangers, you know, a, another 1-0 victory. Mariah Lee with a late winner. Um, shades of Samaras's goal at Ibrox years ago, 10 years ago, you know, very, very similar goals. Uh, in terms of how how was it playing at Paradise um, under the disco lights? It was fantastic. Uh, obviously, until now is I I kind of remember very well the, the the Glasgow City game that you say because it was very special and our first big win. But but that that game just because it was at Celtic Park uh, and because the way we 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 fought and we defend and we were organized and and you know we believe until the and when, how the goal came in the 80th minute. Uh, I, I think it was a 
and real experience. Uh, we knew before the game, we talked about that in the team. We said you, we can make experience that we will remember for the rest of our lives or we can make experience that we want to forget tomorrow. So, you know, which one we want. And I think everyone bought into it and, and you know, you show the, the fight, the, the, the you know, uh, everyone, the togetherness. I think it was a fantastic game against two top teams. They, I think they play well. I think they play well. They got they got chances, but you know the most clinical team won, and 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 I, in my opinion, the team that wanted it more won. So it was amazing, amazing experience. Um, something that probably nobody of the team will will forget. Still, it's difficult to forget because I can see clips of of the goal. Still, even today, uh, some of the fans, some of, you know, still obviously um, celebrating. So it's, it's fantastic. It's great. Um, it's great to give some to be able to give some happiness to to. To our fans, um, who has had a, a, a tough year. Yeah, I mean, as I say, we were talking off air, and obviously, I was, I was saying that it's just a shame that because of COVID, because you know that stadium would have had thousands of fans. At it, you know, it doesn't matter what Celtic and Rangers play at um, over a season, the fans will turn up and they will back their team, kind of thing. That's the, that's the kind of tribal atmosphere that that they've got. Um, in terms of looking at other players um, in the market, have you got your eye in on anyone for? For Celtic, um, especially which which homegrown talent um, do you think has has a real bright future? Um, looking for a big exclusive here, Fran. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you you got this classic in, in every single squad. I mean, we we got uh, uh, we got some of the at Celtic, we got some of the best talent in the country, uh, and and they want to stay here. Uh, one of the reasons they want to stay here, it might be because they support the club, of course, but one of the reasons is we, we, we play them, we trust them, we play them, we coach them and, and we give them game time. And we give them game time against against any team. Uh, as, you know, uh, I think twice already the average age of our team has been 22 to, 20, 22 to 23 year old. That's a very, very young team. So, so yeah, we um, we try. So, if you see every single player in our squad, if they keep the, even if I name them now, if they keep the feet on the ground and they keep working hard, and they don't think they already made it, and they they know that they have to reach the potential which they haven't yet because of their age, then they got a bright future. And you can see any of our players: Kate Nicholson, Rebecca McAllister, uh, Chloe Warrington, uh, even players that we just signed. Uh, you know, Jacinta is only nineteen. Uh, EC is only 19, you know, there are teenagers uh, with, you know, with amazing tools to, to, to be successful. Now they have to, to work hard, to, to work hard for the team, work hard for themselves, to look after themselves on the pitch and off the pitch. And, and you know, they, they will be, I think they will be referenced in the women game if they carry on the way that they've been doing now. So you got there a few and I'm, I'm, I'm missing uh, a few more like Tegan Bowie, uh, you know, we got to play some Monica Forsyth and Paige McAllister. So we we got many. We got many old John. And if they obviously not not everyone uh, not everyone will be uh, in the Scottish national team, but I, I can see a few of those names in in their national teams. Yeah, I mean, um, in terms of you know Scott Brown is obviously departing Celtic in the next couple of weeks. A massive, massive legend of the club, but a Celtic great has been there. Um, nearly 15 years. In terms of your captain, um, do, do you see similarities? I, I don't know if, how much you know of Scott Brown, but in terms of do you see similarities in the dressing room with, with your captain? In, te in terms of uh, her leadership, obviously she's, she's a, she's a, a great is a great player. Uh, he's a very composed player who, who transmits this composer to the team. For me, is 
massive because of the way I wanted him to play. You need to be brave. To play for us, you need to be brave. If you panic on the ball, you will struggle uh, because, you know, uh, the, the, the team demands you to, 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 be, to be brave, to, to, find, to, to make the right decisions uh, under pressure. Uh, obviously, without pressure, it's easy, but under pressure. Uh, and I think uh, Kelly is, is great at it. He's a player that doesn't panic, that trusts her, her abilities. Uh, she covers a lot of ground. She talks well. So I think she's a, um, you know, she's a great captain. Um, obviously, the main difference between between Scott Brown and Kelly is the, is the amount of trophies that uh, they both have lifted. Uh, so I would love, I would love uh, Kelly to have a career uh, as successful as I think even half as successful as Scott Brown. Um, but obviously, you know, the, uh, Kelly is the first time that Kelly has been in a professional team. Uh, before today, she's always been in amateur teams. So obviously, she hasn't had the same opportunities than any any male player would have. Um, but yeah, I think Celtic is working hard. Uh, not only you know we are working hard on the pitch, but uh, people uh, in charge of us, people in, in the offices, uh, the board are working hard to to provide uh, better resources. Every time we get better and better and better, and you know the the the, the end goal would be to be as successful as as our main side is. Uh, obviously, it will take time. It's only our first year. We have to be realistic and keep keep the feet on the ground, keep humble and keep working hard. Uh, but that's the goal. That's the goal. Uh, you cannot be Celtic and not be a dominant team. That cannot happen. We are. We have to be one of the best teams in in uh, in, in Europe uh, with time. So that's that's the, that's the goal. It's good to aim there and then end up uh, being just the best team in Scotland. I will be happy with that as well. But it will take it will take a lot of work and and, and it will take time. Yeah, I mean, and just just in terms of wrapping up, I mean, what is what is your ambitions for the club and and indeed the future for yourself? For for the club, as I say, you know, I I would like to see uh, Celtic a, a a team that get every year into the last sixteen, last eight semi-finals of the Champions League. I, I, that's a very very ambitious goal, but you know, uh, was life without dreams. Uh, so that's what we should all be working for. But uh, we have to also be realistic, know what the investment that other clubs in Europe are putting and, and the possibilities that other clubs have and the possibilities that we have. And then, you know, let's see how we can maximize our resources, be clever, uh, trust our youth talent, uh, build a philosophy that we are building uh, that produce talent and keep them and, and, and make world-class talent. Uh, that's, that's, that's my goal for the team. And then, of course, the most important thing, uh, win trophies. We have to win trophies. Uh, just because of because we are Celtic, it, you know, it's almost... Uh, oh, oh, uh, we have the obligation of win trophies. Uh, this is what our fans want. They are used to win. Uh, you know, we want them to be proud of us. Therefore, we have to win. For me, personally, I, I never think more, uh, over uh, now. So my dream is right now is what I'm doing. Uh, what is going to happen in two years' time uh, really... I don't care too much. Uh, I care what I'm doing now. And that's why, for example, when Everton came, you know, I, I was just doing what I love. So it's difficult to, to you know, to think about the next step. Um, I love what I do. I love where I am. I, I love the city. I love the community. I really like the fans and, and you know, they're funny and they are very passionate. Probably I experienced both sides. I experienced uh, fans that weren't happy and I experienced fans that were delighted. Uh, definitely the delighted ones is, is brilliant. Um, I've been in the stadium with with fans and the lights, and it's a unique experience. So yeah, I, I'm in a I'm in a great place, and and I got great support in terms of 
people above me and I got great support in, in my players and stuff. So, so I think uh, we got the, the, the opportunity to build something uh, magical and, and, and hopefully this is what we do hopefully this year, but if not, uh, we will go next year with the same ambition and the same enthusiasm to try to make it happen for us and for, and for our fan base and our community. Yeah, I think, um, and just to, just to kind of wrap up in terms of, you know, we, we spoke off air. I know you're you're from Madrid, and and you didn't want to um, kind of pin your your mass to any particular team. Obviously, it's very very tight, and La Liga's uh, you know six points separating four teams. But and I, and I loved. I have to I have to tell the guys here that um, Fran was saying that that he doesn't. He doesn't have a, a, a team in Spain that supports his Celtic supporters, became a Celtic supporter. So I absolutely love that. Um, but in terms of, if I can just push you to think, who do you see in the next four games winning La Liga out of the out of the four that's that's kind of there fighting? Uh, this weekend we will know the the top four play each other. Uh, you know, probably the winner of Atletico uh, Barcelona would be would be either first or second. And then Sevilla, if Sevilla win, they, 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 they are very strong. They are playing good football. Uh, obviously, Real Madrid lost uh, yesterday and probably uh, mentally they are not in the best in the best state. But then it's a team that, again, used to used to win all the time. They know how to win. They know how to compete. They know how to uh, go out from, from bad situations. So uh, you know, if the game is, uh, is if Barcelona win and Real Madrid win, which on paper is what could happen, then Real Madrid would be top. Uh, and you know, it's only three or four games left, so uh, anything can happen. Really, it's difficult to predict. Uh, in, in you know, probably Atletico got an advantage of thirteen points, uh, and now they uh, wasted. Uh, so you know, maybe if they can come back from that, I don't know. Um, probably, I would say between Barcelona and Madrid. Uh, one of those two, uh, if I have to predict, but um, obviously it's difficult. There are four teams, which is great, to be honest, for the Spanish league, and that the four teams got chances of winning the league, and you don't really know who. And that's one of the main uh, um, attractives of the English Premier League has in the last 10 years. Uh, always always several teams fighting for, obviously this year is not the case, uh, but um, always several teams fighting for the, for the position, so... So yeah, it's, it's exciting uh, for me as a Spanish. It's exciting. I follow the the, the I, I watch um, the Spanish games, and this is a very good, this one is a very good weekend. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be um, an absolute belter of a weekend in La Liga. Obviously, the top four playing each other. In terms of your game, obviously, I just want to let the guys know that um, your game with Motherwell is live on BBC Scotland on Sunday afternoon at twelve p.m. Um, so be sure to tune in and cheer on uh, Fran and the girls kind of thing. Fran, listen, thanks very much for giving up your, your time. I know, as I say, you've got a busy schedule coming up, but I really, really appreciate it. And as I say, it's, it's getting guys like you on that, that, that'll help the podcast grow and help the page grow kind of thing. So as I say, thanks very much. No problem in my presa and, you know, anytime I'm here and, you know, obviously we're coming to a very busy schedule of two games per week for the next three weeks. Uh, something that we are not used to, but you know, uh, as soon as I got uh, a, a spare hour, I'm delighted to to uh, to come to to the podcast and and then to answer the the questions of the fans. I I, I love to engage with the fans, especially I love the fans to engage with the girls, with the team, and and you know, I, I really, anything anything I can do to help, uh, I'm delighted. So thank you very much for having me. No worries, um, and that's all we've got time for, guys. Um, as I say, we'll be back on Sunday. 
with uh, me and Paul. We'll be joined by Anthony Joseph, uh, top Scottish journalist and Sky Sports editor. Um, so we'll be live, um, I think we're going live at 8pm on Sunday. So for, for one week only kind of thing, we'll be back on the usual Saturday. Next Thursday, um, I think it's going to be next Thursday, we've got Rory Hamilton from Premier Sports and BT Sports, top commentator. So glad to get him on. Um, just need to set that up. But in terms of, um, it's been another great week. We are available to download on Spotify. The, the show will be available on Spotify straight after, within the next half an hour. Um, our thanks to our sponsor again, Club Badge FC. Give them a like, give them a follow. They're doing great things. They are the licensed, official licensed um, suppliers of the Scotland, Scotland national team. So, you know, they're doing great things. We thank them for their support. Um, follow us on Facebook. We're on Facebook, Celtic FC Appreciation. And we're also on Instagram. We appreciate everybody that likes the page and follows the page kind of thing. But um, until then, we'll be back on Sunday. So, as I say, thanks for your support, guys. And, um, you know, share the page, share the broadcast. Um, so, hail, hail. <laughs>